The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Book Club Show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood. It is Tuesday the 29th of October and it is 10 o'clock. I hope you have had a lovely morning so far. It's a little bit nippy, chilly out there, but um, as long as you're wrapped up warm, that is the main thing. We are going to head over straight to a song um, called Bara Dushman Bana Pirtaha. Enjoy. and welcome back to the book club show on inspire 105.1 fm it is just past 10 o'clock on tuesday the 29th of october my name is imrana um and that nasheed was and there was a reason that i put that song on and the reason being that it's directly related to the book that we are going to be discussing today which is called amal unbound by aisha saeed um and basically this book um, is has been inspired um, by the story of Malala Yousafzai and um, even as you heard in um, uh, the song that I just played which was actually uh, made in response to um, uh, an attack on some children by um, the Taliban and which is directly related really to also the story of Malala Yousafzai and, and we know that um, kind of the um, I guess atrocities that ha- do across 
occur across the world um, towards, I guess, young people, but more specifically, um, this idea of, of education and how really important that is and how somebody like um, Malala, who obviously kind of stood her ground in terms of wanting the empowerment of young um, young people but not and um, but more specifically young women and um, this book um, we are discussing today Amal Unbound um, by Aisha Said. I'm just going to start by um, reading the uh, blurb at the back to give you a bit of introduction so the strap line is if everyone decided nothing could change nothing ever would Amal loves learning and dreams of becoming a teacher then something unimaginable unimaginable happens after an accidental run-in with the son of her village's corrupt landlord she is forced to be his mother's servant in order to pay off her own family's debt at the opulent and corrupt Han estate Amma realizes that she will have to find a way to work with others to bring about change and to achieve her dreams so then it just ends by saying inspired by Malala Yousafzai Amal Unbound is a heartwarming story for brave girls everywhere um, so reading this book I mean I was really kind of inspired I think by the story I think it's an important story actually to write in the current social political um, climate as well because um, just generally education is important and myself as, as, as a teacher you know I, I kind of I guess value um, that from both ends as a teacher and also as a parent um, and I guess as a Muslim woman um, of colour again it's these things that I know or I'm aware of the barriers that exist um, and when I think about my daughters I actually think about actually the um, um, I, the blessing of just being able to um, go to school and, and have an education but then also being critical enough to be able to think about the education system and the politics at play and all those things are really uh, important to talk about um, so I'm really excited today to be joined um, in the studio by four lovely young women who are going to be discussing this book with me um, called Amal Unbound uh, by Aisha Saeed. So we are joined today by Zoya, Iman, Hannah and Sarah. Assalamu alaikum. How are you all this morning? Good. Good. I know it's a bit early, but we will we will we will, uh, we will pick up soon. So um, I guess my first question to you would be... Um, Let's start with the easy one. Why do you think the author called this, um, the, 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 her novel, Amal Unbound? Who wants to go first? Um, Zoya. I think it's because uh, unbound means free. Okay. And the book's about Amal being a servant and then being free. So, mm -hmm. which means the title is saying Amal is free. Okay, so you, so you kind of think it's directly directly linked to the idea of freedom? Yeah. Okay, so being un, unbound by something, because obviously the opposite would be to be bound and to be constrained. Yeah. Okay, cool, interesting. Um, you, Iman, you were going to say something. Okay, um, I think it means uh, that, um, you know how, it's kind of like what Zoya said mm -hmm. um, about her being free, um, so how she wants to be free a lot, and she's yeah. trying to escape from... Um, the yeah um jawad uh jawad sahib's estate yes that's right and um, so do you want to talk a little bit about actually what what happens so how does she end up in this book into a situation where she's actually feeling okay. she's bound so one day she goes and she goes to the shops to buy something for herself because mm -hmm. she has uh, basically, she, they're not very rich mm. in there where she lives and she wants to buy something for herself, not to share with anyone, mm. just to keep for herself as a thing of hope. It could be the thing. She thinks that it's the thing that can bring her some... Uh, she says it's the pomegranate of hope mm. and she buys the, the pomegranate and then she nearly gets run over by... Jawad Sahib's car, mm -hmm. and then, um, so basically, he comes out and he asks her, "Can I have that pomegranate, please, kindly?" And she's like, "No." She doesn't know who he is. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know he's the ruler of his of her. Um, kind of in the village. He's kind yeah, of in the village. Yeah. And then, um, so then after he just. He asks nicely and then he says it more and then 
everyone mm. around her is like shocked they're like mm -hmm. how are you saying this you're gonna get in big trouble mm. but then um basically so, yeah so she ends up in a situation up, yeah. where she's kind of done something to um kind of uh challenges authority and yeah. he's obviously he's obviously not like that um so then what uh, sarah what, what ends up happening um how does she then end up in a situation where she's now kind of bound or she hasn't got freedom okay so the con uh he comes back to their house and now he's saying because she yeah like you said challenged his authority and embarrassed him in front of loads of people he's not really used to people standing up to him he's more used to people just doing what he says to do and when he says to do mm. it so he goes back to her house and he says to her family they have three days to decide what they want to do so he says he wants amal to come with him as his mother's mm. servant mm. and yeah they he says to them you have three days to decide otherwise there's going to be a bigger con consequence than me taking your daughter away from you basically yeah exactly okay so then in terms of um the title um so it's amal unbound by aisha saeed um so now what is the link here then to the idea of um education then um so do you want to come back into that so what how in terms of amal as a as a character what was her relationship to towards education in school uh, she she really liked education she really liked learning uh, she really liked reading she wanted to be a teacher when she grew up mm. uh, so education was really important to her yeah. and when she had to go and be a servant she mm. wasn't allowed to go to school mm. and learn and that was hard yeah. for her yeah yeah exactly Mm. And she faced all of these problems of not being able to do stuff that she wanted. Mm -hmm. She couldn't really see her family. She sure. had to stay there. Yeah. And, and what do you think, what are kind of your feelings and towards this idea that just because she stood up to somebody, she now ends up kind of as a bargaining kind of tool between, you know, in terms of this debt? I mean, how did that make you feel um, in terms of that situation? I didn't really felt feel that was right. Mm. I felt like if she stood up, yeah. um, it was probably because something was wrong or she didn't want to, mm -hmm. and I don't think she should have been forced to do something that she shouldn't have, uh, that she yeah like didn't need to do. No, exactly. Okay, and so then in terms of there's a quote in in the book, um, and it says you always have a choice. Making choices, even when they scare you, because you know it's the right thing to do, that's bravery. Um, so do you think, um, do you think, Iman, that Amal was brave in the decisions that she made then? Uh, she was really brave. Um, that she stood up. If, if she was, if she wasn't that. Mm -hmm. that kind of brave then then she would have just gave it and just mm -hmm. winced away like go went away and um yeah but um i'm pretty sure this was challenging for her yeah but she just knew this isn't right this is theft mm. it's crime in my country mm -hmm. there shouldn't be this these people are asking for things i'm not gonna give it i'm 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 gonna be brave i'm just gonna mm -hmm. go away i'm just gonna let him leave and then i will yeah so just to then play um devil's advocate for the moment i mean could it be fair to say that as a young person she was just being a bit rash she just thought no that this is mine she's being a bit a bit selfish just thought no i'm not gonna give it just because he's asked i mean was there an element of that or do you think no it was really just, no, it yeah. was actually, um, she was, um, uh, throughout the story, I could tell that she was mature, she mm. knew what she was doing, she was helping her mum, mm. she was the eldest, so I'm pretty sure she, um, yeah, she knew what she was doing, mm -hmm. she didn't just say that. Yeah, I mean, and that's quite probably an important point. I think many of us, I mean, I'm, I'm the eldest in my family. Um, are you the eldest Iman, in your family? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we could probably relate to this idea of having a sense of uh, responsibility sometimes. So the idea mm -hmm. of, um, yeah, perhaps she was kind of mature um, already for her age and she was able to make um, decisions which were kind of really thought out about. So yeah, maybe you're right. So maybe in that situation of him demanding the pomegranate, she she yeah. made a conscious choice actually that was going to be to challenge that 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, we all kind of relate to um, being the eldest because yeah. <laughs> all of us in the room are. But are you all the eldest here? Cool. <laughs> that's solidarity. Oh, I feel so good. And, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess we all um, realise how hard it must be. We have more responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think m- me myself, uh, I I kind of relate to Amal mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Um, Does anybody else relate to Amal in any way? Yeah, go on. Sorry. It kind of depends on how many siblings you have. Like, because um, ah. Amal has two younger sisters and she has a, a newborn sister now. Yeah. So she has uh, quite a lot of uh, younger siblings under her, looking up to her. Mm. So she has to be quite a big um, role model for them. Yeah. And um, so if you're only the elder sibling of one one younger child, then you kind of don't feel as pressured to mm-hmm. be the responsibility. Okay. But the more people looking up to you, the more pressured you feel to show them a good example. Mm, that's really, really interesting, actually. I mean, I, so I'm I'm the eldest of, of four. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if, if maybe if I had less, would, would, would I feel less pressured? I don't know. How, wait, what do you think, Hannah, about that? As, as you're also the eldest, but do you sometimes feel that actually there is a kind of a pressure responsibility or yeah. sometimes yeah yeah sometimes yeah. yeah and how do you think um do you, is that something you kind of like thrive on do you think oh this is really i really like actually being held responsible do you think sometimes it can be can be a bit hard yeah sometimes it can be pretty hard like showing yeah. him like yeah like behaviors and yeah like, yeah and um yeah. just being like a role model but yeah, yeah no that's yeah that's interesting and then I, I and then I'm glad actually we were kind of talking a little bit about how maybe we could potentially relate to somebody like um, Amal because yeah definitely I think she's um, a strong kind of headstrong character and obviously that's part of the reason why this pomegranate of hope um, like you mentioned um, Iman becomes kind of a key um, a key point in in her life but so we you um mentioned um sarah the idea that so she's got two younger sisters and that is another kind of theme that they touch upon um the author touches upon in this story that when um her baby sister is born the reaction of her parents and those of the community so do you want to talk a little bit about what reaction she witnessed to that and then maybe we can expand on that as well okay so um when amal's mum was pregnant with her young youngest sister Mm. um everyone expected to be a boy because they were saying things like uh, these old superstitions like back pains mean a boy and all of those things and so when she when her mum had the baby and it was a girl and Miles saw that her parents were a bit depressed and she mm. in her head she kind of linked it to the fact that it was a girl and not a boy and she thought her mum and dad were really upset about that yeah and then she saw the reactions of her mum's friends and mm. how disappointed they were when they came around and they saw it was a girl and not a boy mm. so, yeah. yeah exactly and and so um it, there's another quote then um, in, in the book, so where she says, "Sometimes I wish I did not pay such careful attention. Maybe then I would not have learned that they thought being a girl was such a bad thing." Uh, why do you think, Zoya, that in certain communities, was even now we have this mentality that if you give birth to a boy, it's not, it's not as good, or you know, it's it's a bit disappointing. What, what do you think fuels that? What's the reason behind it? Well, in some countries, they think that. Um, boys are a lot because boys are stronger than girls mm-hmm. in some ways. Sure. Um, they can help with the farming, mm-hmm. whereas uh, girls, mm-hmm. um, if they have girls, and say if you had a girl, okay, she can just help with the mm-hmm. um, cooking or the cleaning. Sure. Um, whereas if you have a boy, it's like, come on, let's do the farming. Sure. And it's a bit, you feel, if uh, you were a parent there, you would feel. Mm-hmm like you the boy was better than the girl sure okay do you think do you think that's that can be justified in any situation that kind of um opinion about boys and girls i think they're all equal okay i think those girls whose families want a boy and think that boys are better than girls i think they should um mm-hmm. prove that mm-hmm. like show their families what they can do sure okay yeah that's an interesting one and again i think it comes back to that then responsibility i guess sometimes on um young women to have to prove ourselves even i guess to our families um i mean i take your point because i think like you said in certain um communities certain cultures there, there might 
there might be that kind of uh, pressure in terms of finances because when you are living in um, uh, maybe you know poverty or in situations where you really need income coming in but then in those situations um, how do you think uh, Iman in those situations where people are in kind of dire um, kind of situations and they feel that actually no but we want a son so they can help bring income in or they can you know work the land in those situations though how can we use education to change that mindset do you think or can we even um uh, by using education the that proves that uh both of the if education for the first thing um if education is being taught in the same ways like if mm-hmm. they're both learning the same things that proves that both of them can do the same things Okay, sure. And um, yeah. both genders are equal uh, uh, with, uh, and education can uh, prove that mm-hmm. because if you learn and you like pass a test, mm-hmm. then um, when you pass the test, then it's kind of it's kind of like when you um, when you when you survive a war mm-hmm. and it's kind of like that's a really, winning yeah. something hmm. and when uh both genders can both accomplish that hmm. then it proves to their parents and family and their sure. teachers that they both can do the same things sure and that they both have neither of them mm. are different in any way yeah. they just have uh, may have differences but in um so it's kind of like a generally descent. yeah so there's like a sense of, there's a sense of achievement which shouldn't which yeah. is kind of regardless of what of what gender you are yeah, yeah. Um, you wanted to say something sorry yeah. um it's just that in some cultures it's not only girls that are pushed back to say no you can't mm-hmm. go and take an education mm-hmm. like even in the story it was saying about this there was this man and he was a teacher but his family didn't want him to be a teacher because mm. they thought that wasn't a job for men to do yeah that was more of a woman's job mm. so they wanted him to go into law mm. and he said no i want to be a teacher so he strove to be a teacher even though his family were like no you can't do it yeah and i think actually that's a, such an important thing that you know you've kind of shone a light on actually because yeah it's true because it, the author i think does a really good job in in bringing up those both um kind of situations that even um there's there's a male character who also had a challenge of of being a teacher um i mean i guess i I, it's something again it's something i can relate to in the sense that when i became a teacher i know it's something that um, my mum especially i think was very kind of pleased and really proud of um but you know and uh, but for me it was about unpicking that i think this idea of being an educator is something which is obviously highly um you know alhamdulillah it's something i think is is a blessing to be able to be in a situation where you can educate others um and i use the term educate quite um loosely here um but you know by the same token i know it was also very gendered in the sense that i you know a lot of people um i've come across say oh yeah teaching such a good job for a woman because you can take time off in the holidays and you can do this so even that you just think well is that why i want to become a teacher just so then i'm going to be a mother and it'll be easy that surely you know we need to value the the role of a teacher in and of itself as opposed to then what you know benefits them there might be so um that's i guess another um interesting question um so then coming to um like what we were saying the situation that amal ends up in where she becomes a servant of Jawad Sahib, is it? Um, His mother. Um, So then she's obviously now got no access to education um, and she's obviously really, really upset about that. Her parents are also, um, her mother, you know, obviously they're they're also kind of upset at the loss that their daughter's going to feel, but this idea of having to be in debt and pay debt, you know, to to, uh, um, Jawad Sahib. But what does she then do while she's there? Because then she discovers there's a library at this house um and then there's a quote from the book says without books what was there to look forward to um so i guess my question to you would be that in that situation where she is now bound and she's got a lack of freedom to what extent is reading a kind of a form of escapism do you think um sorry if i come to you 
Well, if you were stuck mm-hmm. there as a servant mm. and you were allowed to read mm-hmm. and um, you actually like reading, mm. then it's you. it does feel like you can um, go into a different place, yeah. forget about all your worries sure. whilst you're reading. Mm. And because Amal, like everyone else who loves reading, yeah. um, she likes finding out about these new places... Mm. Or like just imagining stuff. Yeah, it means that she can do that mm-hmm. whilst she's still being a servant. Yeah, sure. And she still has some good things that she can do mm. whilst she's facing the problems. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think you know in that situation, it definitely is a form of escapism for her. Um, and I think generally, obviously, being on the book club show, the idea just generally that sometimes reading in it in itself is kind of freeing that imagination you having the opportunity to kind of utilize it and, and not necessarily always just get away from problems but just even um for pleasure as well but obviously her situation is slightly different where she's gaining pleasure from reading but at the same time is helping her escape the the kind of cage i guess that she's um she's now um um, inside which is obviously quite unfortunate um so we are heading over uh, to a break shortly today we are discussing amal unbound by aisha saeed um so grab yourselves a cup of tea and we will uh, see you back in a few moments assalamu alaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm <laughs> Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the Book Club Show Inspire 105.1 FM. It's 10.30 on Tuesday, the 29th of October. Um, I hope you managed to uh, grab yourselves a cup of tea or coffee. Today we are discussing Amal Unbound by Aisha Saeed. Um, and um, the strap line is, if everyone decided nothing could change, nothing ever would. We were talking um, before the break actually about the importance um, of generally reading, but how it can, for depending on what situation you are in, be obviously... Um, uh, something for pleasure but also maybe a form of escapism um, so we're going to continue that um, discussion with my special guests um, this morning who are Zoya, Iman, Hannah and Sarah but before that what I wanted to do was if you are watching on Facebook live show you the absolutely gorgeous um, cover of the book um, which is designed by Shehzal Malik um, who is a Pakistani illustrator and it's basically for those of you who obviously aren't on Facebook and are listening um, the two hands uh, which are together um, almost um, in the form of uh, kind of when we do it the are almost and there's um, lovely henna um, there's um, sun rays there's birds there's clouds um, and um, there's roses and also um, the thorns which are wrapped around um, the arms of um, these um, two hands and actually it's a really beautiful beautiful illustration and actually in my opinion it really captures the essence of the story this idea that um there's parts of us that sometimes are bound and we are, I guess, on a constant search for freedom. Um, but at the same time, the beauty that comes with um, the the sense of freedom, actually. And, you know, the when we think about birds, I mean, for me, that automatically kind of conjures um, images of, of freedom, being able to kind of just fly and be, um, be high up, I guess, and, and just free from the world, which is, I think, um, a beautiful way, um, a metaphor maybe of, of thinking about freedom. Um, so as I said, just before the um, break, we were talking um, about books being a form of escapism. Um, so I was just going to come to Hannah to talk a little bit about what do you feel then with Amal um, in terms of her wanting to read a book and what what is that giving her in her situation? Yeah, it's like um, um, like a stress reliever for her like to, to read and... Um, it's yeah. like like a stress relief for her to like read and mm-hmm. and like so she's not so she's like thinking about something else apart from like being in the estate of yeah. Jawad Sahib so yeah. she can like get away from it and yeah yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. kind of a stress reliever as well and did anyone else want to come into that so um, Sarah during uh, during um, the break you were just mentioning that obviously even before she ends up in the situation where she's now the servant um, she was reading books so how what what is the difference between the situation before and after then so even before she was reading books yeah like I said a lot and uh, she was begging her friend Omar as well to bring more books from the boys classroom because she said in the girls classroom there's hardly any books and she's read all of them mm. so 
and she she really liked poetry a lot. That was one of her favorite types of reading. Yeah. Also, um, the reading for her now as a slave, it's hard because she has to do it in secret. Mm-hmm. Is one of the things, and two because it reminds her a lot of her old life and how free and able she was to to do a simple thing like reading. Yeah, wasn't actually a chore or something she had to do in secret. Yeah, exactly. And Iman, you wanted to add something? Okay. Um. So, uh, uh, uh according, like, when we're talking about reading, mm-hmm. uh, for me, reading just takes me into a different person's body, which sure. is kind of like Amal. How, when you're reading, she was probably um not thinking about her own life she was just thinking about the other person's life in the Mm. story or if it's about an animal the animal or if it's just about about freedom Mm. she was just think about free would think about freedom so in terms of that um it's um in terms of that uh i relate to her in that way Mm. that um how sometimes you feel like you're wrapped up in work and you have to mm-hmm. do all this thing, these things, and you you're busy. And then on your break, when you when you have free time, you just read a book, and you'll. It's like Hannah said, it's a stress reliever. Mm. So it just takes all your stress away from you. Mm. You, it's like you forgot. All of your, you got memory loss, <laughs> and you lost your memory, and um, so yeah, it just takes you somewhere else. You don't have to think about your your worries and uh, problems mm. and your p's and q's. Uh, yeah. You just think about. You don't think about that anymore. You just think about the book. You just don't even think you're reading a book. It just makes a picture in your mind about what it is, what it's about, and then it yeah. comes into your mind. And So we basically just yeah. get transported into a, a different world, which I think is really um, beautiful. For anyone who's listening and, and maybe watching on Facebook, if you don't read, I mean, that there is a perfect um, reason to actually start start reading and start making time to read, because it's not even just about um, escapism, but just generally about, about the pleasure that you can get from reading somebody else's story and reading the words on the page. Or, you know, there's something really magical about that. Um, now, what happens to Amal in this book is that she ends up in, obviously as we said um she ends up as a servant of Jawad sahib's uh, mother um where she's literally you know doing things like making her tea or making her food or combing her hair and you know all the kind of things that maybe some um servants need to do um now there's, there's another character in the book if i remember correctly is this a girl a younger girl called fatima who she ends up teaching um because fatima is really keen to learn to read um and because amal is somebody who's obviously um always enjoyed um learning she actually then almost takes on the responsibility um to teach um this younger person now one of the quotes um from the book um says that uh where can i oh i think oh here we go Uh, but at least by teaching her to read i gave her a window to see worlds beyond ours and a chance to imagine leaving the walls of this estate and to feel free even if it was only for a little while so my question then um zoe if i come to you do you think that some young young people take education for granted yeah, like uh, sometimes you say you go to your cousin's house and they'll say, oh, I have to go to school tomorrow, it's really boring because they don't know that this education will help them uh, help mm. their family when they grow up, mm-hmm. get do- become a doctor, get sure. um, earn money and they don't know that, um, mm. that there's other... Uh, children in different countries that want actually do want to go to school Mm -hmm. but they can't yeah 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 exactly and um Mm -hmm. not knowing this means like some children actually like abuse their education they don't listen they just play yeah and um it's not like loads of students do that no but but there are some some that do that sure um hannah how about do you do you you agree with that do you think there are um young people who just take their education for granted yeah definitely yeah and what do you think what what is it that they're taking for granted exactly and how does that compare to your own kind of maybe experience of, of education um 
<clears throat> so, I mean, do you, um, yeah. Um, or does someone want to help Hannah out? <laughs> um, they, they uh, think that education is just boring and sure. they don't realise that it's going to help them in their life. Sure. They're just like, oh, we have to go to school, we have to learn at home if they're homeschooled, or sure. they, we have to have all these teachers, it's so boring, it's it's not really a thing that we need. Mm-hmm. I don't need maths, I don't need English, I don't need history, I don't need science. And they just, they might just like... They might only like one subject or two subjects or sure. maybe not even any subjects, but uh, but they just they just ignore their education and when they get home they don't finish the homework. Okay. <laughs> they just sit down and they're like, school's over, I don't need this thing and then these things and then when it comes to all their tests then they... If they pass it, that's just from learning, but that's not from memory. It's it's from learning, but they don't enjoy learning. They don't realise how much it's good for them. Mm -hmm. They don't realise that if you want to work as this, if you want to work, as Zoya was saying, if you want to work as a doctor, they don't realise they need science or, Mm. or maths or anything. So do you think that's kind of general with a lot of young people? Because you're, as a young person yourself, I mean, what is your, I mean, what is your kind of attitude, I guess, towards your education? Do you, uh, think, do you from, fall into that trap or would you say you're... Uh, sometimes I do fall into that, um, but uh, I do enjoy a few subjects yeah. uh, while I do not enjoy <laughs> most, <Others>. like, <laughs> science and maths. <gasps> you can't say you don't enjoy science. Why? <laughs> I'm a science teacher, you know, you should be careful. I like um, experiments. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I kind of, I, you know, I get that. And I think, to be honest, it's not even just young people. I think there's probably, as human beings, we the, the flaws in us are there. We don't, we take a lot of things for granted sometimes, um, especially when it's freely available, even more so than we just think, oh, well, you know, we, we, because we haven't experienced the loss of something. And obviously, you know, we, we obviously don't want always to experience loss because obviously it's a negative thing. Um, but whereas I think that's what's so interesting about Amal because she has access to the education where she's got the aspiration to be a teacher. And I guess it's only through her loss that she suddenly comes to value, I guess, education even more. Um, do you want to say anything um, about that, um, yeah, Sarah? more about um, in countries like England, we don't have to pay to get an education. Mm. To get an education, it's free for us. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same with doctors, like to go mm-hmm. to the doctors or the hospital, it's free. Mm-hmm. So we value those things more than we... Uh, we value those. We don't value those things that's enough. M- yeah, yeah. So yeah. we take them for granted, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's to be another kind of conversation um, to have because obviously um, things are free to a certain point in terms of education. But then obviously, if you want to go now to university, there's obviously fees to pay. And if you go to private school, which supposedly obviously has better education, and and it becomes a, you know a problem with I guess um, accessibility, especially if you're um, from a working class background. But obviously, that's probably um, a slightly um, different conversation to have. Um, so coming back to maybe another um, quote from the book, um, there's one bit here where uh, she's um, Amala's having a conversation with her mother. Um, so it says, her mother says to her, you will get married one day, then you'll belong to a new family. But I'm part of this family. I wish it wasn't this way, but this is how the world works. It doesn't mean I don't love my daughters. I love each and every one of you. Um, So now that conversation between Amal and her mum, how does that make you feel about the status of of kind of girls and and women, do you think? Um, Should we go to, yeah, Iman? Um, So in uh, uh, some places, um, as... uh, as women mm-hmm. or girls, um, when you get married in some places, uh, if you're a man, then you just you stay in uh, the fa- your family. Mm-hmm. The your wife comes to live with you, but then um, in terms of uh, being a woman, mm-hmm. getting married, then uh, what it is like. 
you if you get married you have to move to where the you have to move to a different family you can't and then being a woman you a woman uh you can't see your family as much. Um, you have to have permission from your mm-hmm. husband or or, or your mm-hmm. your new family uh, to go and visit your own family. Your own family. Do you and think that's okay? Do you think that's it? Um... It it isn't very um, good because um, if your mum needs your help or your mum's not well she's dying or your siblings are sick or anything really then in terms of that um is it kind of yeah yeah you you don't want to just go and then never see your mum again and then she dies or she gets really sick and she has to stay in a hospital then in, in terms of being in that those countries, I wouldn't really want to live there. Sure. I mean, if, and the thing is, um, I know we're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, other countries, but we know obviously these issues even happen um, in the UK in, in in certain communities. And it's not even just South Asia. I mean, it's literally across communities where um, as, soon, as soon as we start talking about in-laws and, and getting married, these issues crop up. But um, do you think, Sarah, that, you know, but should it be in a situation that, oh, well, we, we only, w- once we're married, that this notion of then we now belong to this, like our husband's family and our own family now is somehow like redundant? I mean, what, what you know can we challenge this mentality do you think yeah i think you can um like it's another thing like the family oh sorry the family name uh, like you're expected to take your husband's name as soon as you get married and all of mm-hmm. and um no i don't think i think it's kind of the way those people think and it's what they've been generation from generation they've it's been instilled in them mm. so sometimes it's hard to break that kind of mentality mm-hmm. but um, especially since society, if the society around you encourages that and thinks that the life goals of a woman is to get married and yeah. working and all of those things are just extras that can happen, yes, then yeah, it's really hard to break the mentality. Yeah, it's near impossible, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's challenging. I think it's important that you said it's generation by generation, so it, it is kind of a, a, a systematic kind of um, notion that we're constantly having to um, uh, kind of, I guess, challenge. Um, but again, this idea that actually as um, women if like you said that the the aspiration for girls is always that well you're going to get married and then you're going to go into this family and we don't then talk about actually what does it mean also from um the 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 boy side or the you know the husband side and actually what you're doing is you're both as families coming together and actually the value of both parents is important and it's not even just actually that oh I only you know I need to see my parents when they're ill I literally if I want to see my parents because I love them and they're my family you know we, we should be able to to go so this um uh, and I think that kind of conversation with Amal and Amada I think it did kind of make me feel a little bit um a uh, kind of I guess a little bit sad because actually you know her mum's saying to her that of course I love my daughters um but then the thing is by the same token she's saying to her but you're going to be married one day and then you belong to a new family and I think maybe that responsibility maybe lies on mothers and women that we're able to tell our daughters that actually um that's not you know, not necessarily the case that you're of course you're going to a, a, a new family but again it's this notion that actually both families are coming together and you as a couple are then actually working and striving towards um kind of a i guess a better future for for you know children or, or the next generation um did you want to add anything to that um zoya this sense of you know her conversation with amal and, and her mom yeah i think like because when she's if like like everyone else said, if you had to get married into another family and you miss your own, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard um, that you have to stay back. Uh, whereas, like that, everyone else said again. I yeah. think they've all like covered covered everything mm-hmm. like men stay at home they're allowed to stay with their family mm-hmm. women have to go with their husband and they can't really stay any 
stay with their family sure right yeah yeah exactly so it's kind of something that you know i guess for the next generation you know maybe the more we have these conversations it's it's a way of being able to break that break that cycle um so then coming on to the fact that obviously this story um as it says on um the blurb at the back um the author says it was inspired by the story of malala yusufzai um and obviously we know about um malala where she was um obviously um attacked by um the taliban for standing up for um the rights um, education rights for for young girls um now you know do you guys know much about the story of malala and is it something that inspires you or do you think that actually i mean i don't know what iman what's your opinion on that um i do know about the story and uh uh it inspires me a mm. little but uh in what's uh, in other terms uh how we already have education in uh in uk um it is very inspiring mm. but uh it's not a story that we need to be repeated uh because mm. it would if we were in uh, different countries where the where girls aren't allowed to go to school sure. um mm. but it's a really um inspiring story inspiring story to learn once yeah sure but you don't think it needs to be necessarily perpetuated all the time okay and how do you think actually um does the media or do you know certain organizations why do you think they are constantly maybe then talking about Manala if you feel that she's not really a need so why why do you think they're doing Uh, that um because they want to uh teach uh, tell people that this country where we were born isn't like how you thought Mm. it was before look Mm -hmm. malala stood up for us Mm -hmm. and now we have we have the same community as Mm -hmm. of you you don't have to uh, think you're better than us Mm. that's interesting yeah i mean i would probably add to that actually i think there's some you know obviously everyone i guess has an agenda especially when it comes to politics and i think malala's story was kind of slightly maybe co-opted by um the west i think the reason being she came here to obviously have um the operation she now i think if i remember correctly is studying at oxford um so i do sometimes feel that even the media maybe in this country uses the story as an example of how we how we as the West helped somebody from a different country as yes. a Muslim woman and how they somehow the kind of saviour, what we call the saviour, um, slight saviour complex, which I think is quite problematic. Um, but yeah, but obviously what we don't want to do is, I guess, take away from obviously the nature of the story where she just like um, Amal in, um, uh, in obviously this book stands up to... Um, a sense of injustice and I think that probably is the essence of it that when you are in position where somebody is or you sense some injustice you want to then obviously do something to to counter that um how about yourself Sarah do you, do you feel inspired by the story of Malala or, or you know just generally about this book as well um Malala's story was written uh, well it's actually isn't. Mm-hmm. um was based in a quite an extreme situation yes so for example girls were not allowed to go to school she was going to school in secret Mm. in um, Amal's story she's allowed to go to school she's able to go to school uh, but she just doesn't take it for granted Mm, mm. Um, so yeah Malala's story is one you can look at if you feel like your education isn't worth it and you want some encouragement Mm. then definitely yeah Sure, but like Iman said, I don't think it needs to be repeated because her yeah. her situations were really extreme. Yeah, for yeah. her to yeah get where she is. No, exactly. Yeah, no, that's quite interesting. I've never actually thought about that. Actually, that sometimes we we um, certain people become icons for certain reasons, and then you know, yeah, it's, it's constantly maybe in our in our face a little bit. Um, how about yourself, Soya? Do you feel kind of inspired by the book, or even you know, um, by the story of Malala Yousafzai? Yeah, I think it. Um, when you see that or when you hear about the story it makes you feel like um some places um aren't as lucky as um like some people aren't as lucky as we are Mm. and if something isn't right and you know it's not right Mm -hmm. then you should stand up to it but not like Mm. do extreme stuff no, no, exactly, mm-hmm. sure. And what, what do you mean, just so just unpick that, what do you mean extreme stuff like? Extreme, like maybe, like fighting for it, mm-hmm. like 
if you know what I mean, like too yeah. much. Okay, sure. No, no, that's fine. But again, I mean, that probably be um, part of context though, right? Because depending on what situations you're in, you might have to fight actually for your yeah. freedom and, and justice. But obviously that's, yeah, it depends. Because obviously we know even now at the moment, if we look at the political scene in terms of the protests that are happening across, especially, I guess, you know, Muslim countries and how they're having to um, really stand up for, for their own right to even exist. I think sometimes that kind of... Um, that kind of fight for justice is, is can be quite important um so then i guess the the, the quote at the back of the book um, which is if everyone decided nothing could change nothing ever would um do you agree with that hannah so if everyone decided nothing can change nothing ever would what does that yeah. say to you um yeah i agree with that that um yeah nothing ever would change if what, what's that sorry i missed the last bit yeah that like nothing ever would change if like nothing no one ever really done anything okay so what so what what do you think then sarah what kind of um attitude do we need to have towards the world then it takes a lot of people to make a difference no matter how small the difference is you still need a lot of people even one person isn't gonna make a big enough change to have something done about it Mm. so you could you could flip around the statement as well so like if everyone decided something could change then there would be something that would change like that yes yeah that's really beautiful I quite like that I hadn't even thought about kind of flipping on its head but yeah absolutely and and actually by that same token I I kind of think that um you know this thing that actually when we sometimes I mean personally when I look at the world and I think oh my god like it's sometimes a problem seems so huge that how is me little me doing one thing actually going to change anything but then I think that is important I think if every one of us had that attitude that even if we did something little um you know inshallah it'd be able to um bring some benefit um uh, how about yourself um iman so if everyone decided nothing could change nothing ever would um for me uh that in terms of that um that uh, it at first i didn't really get what it meant mm-hmm. but after a little while of listening to uh i mean reading the um the story then i realized that it just meant that if no one does anything about any bad things, like how Malala, if Malala didn't do anything, then nothing would change. So, yeah. That one. Um, so we are approaching now the um, end of the show. I want to thank my guests, Zoya, Iman, Hannah and Sarah for a wonderful discussion about Amal Unbound. Um, so definitely an inspiring story, one that I would uh, recommend reading. Um, I will be back in a couple of weeks with a different book and a different um, guest. So I hope you will join me then. Have a lovely week. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.